Good morning. I am Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM, streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Hey, we are so happy to have Kirk Smith back. He's the principal of South Orange Middle School, and last week we had a great conversation on the leadership, and we're going to continue that today. Kirk, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed last week and looking forward to today. Excellent, excellent. You know, if you could... uh, Share with us someone who has been a key influence in your life and someone whom you have learned some things from in regards to their leadership style. Well, the leaders that come to mind very quickly are both my grandfather and my father. Um, I guess my statement is leadership starts at home. And both are just incredible. Well, my grandfather is passed on now. I still am fortunate to have my father with me. Mm And both both of them are just incredible people. Um, I'm going to talk as if my grand, grandfather's still alive, who's in my heart, of course, he still is. Of course. Um, they were quiet leaders. They were not yellers or screamers, but they grew up at a time where they both had to face challenges that I could never imagine. Uh, my grandfather was, uh, I believe he was the first minority on the Orange Police Department. He uh, worked there, he helped maintain the vehicles, and even though he was not an actual officer, he was given a badge and a gun back then. And uh, I cannot imagine some of the challenges that he had to face in his life. Uh, my father, who, I, like I said, I'm so lucky to still have him with me, he's a World War II vet, he fought in Europe, He was uh, with the 80th Infantry Division, which was assigned to the 3rd Army, which was commanded by a general named Patton. So uh, I've read quite a bit about General Patton trying to connect a little bit more to what my father's experiences were in the war. But one thing that I've noticed about um, war veterans, which I am not one, and be very honest, thankful that I never did have to experience that, is the fact that they will tell you some of the funny stories when they were not in action, but none of them ever tell you what it was really like when they were in action. And I just can only imagine the horrors and the the fears that they had to overcome, as well as the challenges that they had to overcome. And uh, those were my two uh, family members that stand out, but I'm gonna throw a third one in now on you. I have a 21-year-old son who will be graduating from William Patterson University in May. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And I will tell you that he is also a person who I have learned from. I've learned leadership from. He's a fantastic role model. He's an incredible human being. And uh, sometimes I joke saying, you know, my grandfather had it, my father had it, and my son had it. It just skipped me for some reason. But... um, it's very special to have that type of support and role models in your own family. I also have a daughter who's a role model to me, too. I don't want to make it sound like it's only males, but certainly right. my wife <laughs> and my daughter and my mom are all fantastic role models also. Of course. And what is the key uh, characteristic of your son that makes you smile as I sit here and watch you just beam with, with, with pride? <laughs> You know, my son is the type of young man who I think if someone had a daughter, they would like someone like my son to be brought home 
to meet the family. He's a class act. He's not a, he's never given me trouble. And I can say that honestly. Yes, he's made mistakes. But I mean, the real trouble that we think about when a young person grows up has never happened with my son. Uh, last year at around this time, I was going through a very difficult time in my life where my father was undergoing an operation which was life-threatening. And both of my children were living on campus because we wanted to give them the campus experience. And when they would come home on weekends, they never had to be asked to help me or my wife. They volunteered. They would go down and take care of their grandmother. They would take her grocery shopping. They would drive her around. Uh, they would go visit my father in the hospital to lift his spirits. I will never forget that time for my children. I can never repay my children for the leadership and the support that they gave both me and my wife at that very critical time. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. And what, your son is graduating with a degree in? He's going to be he's a communications major. Okay. He uh, he's probably going to do something in the uh, television area, production or directing or technical areas. I'm not quite sure yet. In today's tight job market, I think he's probably going to have to jump at where the offer comes from. But whoever hires him is going to get a really special person to come and work for them. So well, you should have him contact me because uh, here at WSOU, we do get jobs that come across our desk. And uh, maybe it might be one that he can go interview for. I will make sure that he has your contact information before the day is out. Excellent. 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 Um, let's jump into some of the granular aspects of, of, of leadership. Um, what has been your best experience as a leader, and why was that your, your best experience? My best experience as a leader probably came on a day that is one of the most tragic days that we can remember in our nation in a long time, and that would have been 9-11. Uh, it was a Tuesday, and I remember getting word from a parent who came in the building early in the morning because everything was happening very early that a plane had hit one of the towers of the World Trade Center. And I think like most people, I thought, how, how can an accident like that happen? And shortly thereafter, we heard that uh, another tower had been hit, and then, of course, that the Pentagon had been hit. So it was very clear to me at that moment in time that we were at war with someone and that we were the targets, and none of us kind of knew where the next strike might come from. So I went into um, an overdrive mode to make sure my building was secured, make sure we were fully uh, locked down. I reached out for some of my parents who were available to come in and help man doors and make sure that we were in a very controlled environment depending on where this terrible day was going to spread. I got on the public address system and talked to the students at that time and, uh, and the staff as well. I mean, students and staff, we were all together that day, and I wanted them to know basically what was going on without overly alarming them. Uh, something happened very special at around 10 or 11 o'clock. A parent showed up to take their, I, it was a son or daughter, I don't remember which, home. 
But when the parent saw how we were operating that day, she turned to me and said, I think my child will be better left with you today, and I'll come back and get him or her at the normal dismissal time. Um, at the end of the day, I called an all-school assembly program, and I came, and I kind of issued a challenge to our students. I said, by all evidence, we are probably at war right now. But you all need to be strong. And even more so, you need to go home and support your parents. Because many of them remember days like a day in Dallas back in 1963. Yes. Or a day in Memphis yes. in 1968. Yes. Or a, a month and a half later in Los Angeles yes. that same year. Yes. And this terrible tragedy is going to bring back all of those thoughts and memories. Right. And they're going to need your strength and your support to help get them through it. Now, I know a lot of people would say, you're putting that burden on an 11, 12, 13-year-old. The answer is yes, because I knew they could handle it, because I knew that they would rise to the occasion. Right. And in fact, I think some good things came of that terrible day in helping our young people see their own leadership and see their own commitment to supporting their own family and helping us move forward. It was a really rough day. Wow. Um, what prepared you to be so organized in your methodical approach to securing the safety, communicating to the students, keeping everyone calm? I mean, was there any special training or is it? I, 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 I mean, you're sitting here telling me about this, and I'm like, wow, that seems like a very well-organized program that someone went through training because you covered every aspect of it. Well, I, I think some of it traces back to the way I was raised by my parents and my grandparents. Leadership in the home. The leadership in the home. Mm -hmm. I think some of it, I was always fascinated by my father's history and his, uh, his World War II experience, so I've done a lot of reading in that area, and I've watched a lot of those movies, which probably are not based very uh, factual in a lot <laughs> right. of cases, but you still see different levels of leadership in them, and I just knew that it was my job really to be a um, more direct leader that day and to let everyone kind of look at me as saying, he's going to carry us through this if we have to be carried through it. But I'm very proud to say that wasn't how it turned out. Everyone pitched in, the staff, the students, and we were all supporting each other, carrying each other, not just through that day, as you can remember, but really for the weeks and months that, that happened. At one point during that day, once I knew the building was safe and secure and I had everything set up, and this was around 10, 10.30, a parent and I did drive up to the reservation a South Mountain where we could see the World Trade Centers. And at that time, uh, they hadn't fallen yet, so I'm not quite sure of the time, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. uh, we did see the, the flames coming up, and it was a, a very, very hard moment for me. I, um, I hold my country to a very high standard. I'm very proud to be an American, a United States citizen, someone from New Jersey, in spite of the fact that I realize my country is not perfect. But I'm very proud of our country, and it was very, very hard on me. Uh, you don't know this, but one of my hobbies is photography. And uh, there were many, many times that I've gone over to the Liberty State Park 
and shot pictures of the World Trade Center. Yes. I've done it early in the morning with the sun rising behind it. I've done it late in the afternoon with the sun setting, giving it a golden glow at times. And for me, it was, it was a hard day. Yes, yes, yes. I used to work at uh, Dow Jones, which is right across the street at the World Financial Center. And uh, fortunately, all my colleagues uh, made it out of the building in time. I did have two colleagues from Reed Elsevier, my company I was working for at the time, um, that were on the plane from Boston. And uh, one of them I, I did know personally. And uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, he passed away during that event. But it, it makes you really reflect on what's important. Well, it makes you reflect that as a leader, we have to find a different way of resolving our differences than taking that step. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I know all the thinking that took place that day. I certainly don't know. But I do know that we are counting on our young people to be the type of leaders of the next generation that hopefully can steer our country and our world through better solutions than some that my generation right. and previous generations. I would like to. to. I would like to see our young people uh, solve the issue of poverty. I'd like to see them solve the issue of hunger. Uh, when you hear around the world that folks have a shortage of water, you know, uh, it is a scary thing. At South Orange Middle School, we have a um, sister schools. We have one in Africa where. Uh, the gentleman has come and visited us on a couple of occasions and told our students about the poverty and the challenges that exist in other parts of the world. And we know it's not just Africa, it's Asia, it's South America, it's in our own, own country. country. Yes, yes. And one great thing about our young people is they have been so honest and open to try to give what they can to make a difference. And we're, I'm not going to take credit for their leadership. I'm going to say their leadership is so inspiring to me to see that in spite of some of their families may have lost a job or may have taken a pay cut or have to pay a greater percentage of their health benefits, they still want to come in with a can of something or a donation right. to try to help others. Right. That's what it's about. It is. It is. It is. What has been your most challenging experience as a leader and how did you handle it and overcome it? I think my most challenging experience as a leader every year is if and when I have to tell a teacher or another staff member that I'm probably not going to renew them or that I'm not going to keep them in a position. And that is a very difficult decision to make and even more so now because you know that the odds of getting another job for some people are going to be very difficult. But you have to weigh a lot of things and see whether they have the potential to grow to be the type of educator and staff member that you need them to. And it's something that I never feel good about. Sure. It's something I lose sleep over. And it's something that, to be honest with you, sometimes tears come to my eye when I just have finally made the decision and have to tell a person that the fit isn't there for you to stay with our school district. 
I also let them know that I will do everything that's reasonable to help them move on because just because the fit wasn't there for us, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they're incompetent. It just might mean that there's some better fit for them out there, and I will do what I can to support them at that time. But it's a situation that um, when the time comes that I no longer have to have those meetings, I certainly will not miss them. You know, as you have those conversations, um, I'm sure during the school year, um, there's performance evaluations that, that are always ongoing. What type of performance dashboard do you use for your teachers? Well, we use a couple of different things. Our district is currently going to a Charlotte Danielson model of framework where we look at a, uh, a performance criteria and where the staff member may fall within each of, let's say, 22 areas. Uh, obviously, one would be unsat, not doing very well. One would be basic, one would be proficient, and one would be distinguished. And we certainly would want our teachers to be in the proficient area in all 22 of the areas. Uh, they might visit distinguished every now and then, depending if they do something right. really special. But that's a place where you kind of visit. You don't live there because that's like uh, if I was going to use a military thing, that's like the Medal of Honor. Okay. And you might get there you right. know, every right. now and then, but you're right. not going to really live there. Right. Gotcha. Very nice. Very nice. And um, how do you overcome this challenge of performance? Have you with your performance dashboards been able to take someone who has been on the ropes and get them off the ropes and fully productive you know i think being a leader of a school is a lot more than just looking out for your students which is number one but i think it's also looking out and making sure that the people that you bring on board have every opportunity to grow to be the type of person you need in that school and just like I will never throw a student away, I try my best never to throw an adult away either. Because to me, any principal or administrator who throws an adult away too easily, when my parent hat comes on, I wonder how they look at the students and the children. Will they start throwing them away a little bit too easily too? People aren't perfect. They make mistakes. We will continue to make mistakes, but you look for people to learn from their mistakes. You look for mistakes that happen not to be the mistakes that hurt people physically or emotionally, and you look to help them grow to where they can take that time in their life and turn it around and help them be a stronger leader and a better educator. And that's what it's about. Excellent. What is one of the one or two things that you would like for parents to do to help mold our new young leaders at South Orange Middle School? You know, I'm really fortunate in this district in that I think I've always connected well with the parents. And I find them to be very much like I am. Mm -hmm. We're kind of very much together. They send their young people to school with the understanding that you're there to get an education. Yes. And I think that's such an important key. I, I feel for sometimes some of the parents that come from the different type of family situations where maybe there have been a divorce or a separation or the passing of a parent, that's hard because that's a type of burden that, I mean, I'm in my 50s. And as I went through that drama with my father, that, that nightmare for me last year, it was hard for me 
with all that I've lived through and done. Yes. So I cannot begin to imagine for an 11 or 12 year old to deal with a serious health issue in the family, how difficult it must be for them as well. So the one thing I think that makes this community so special is I think a lot of parents look beyond being parents to their own children. Mm-hmm. They look at being parents of the community. They get to know their children's friends. They try to support them and encourage them. Back on that day, 9-11, I had more than one parent come into the school and tell me their house was open to any student who needed a place to stay while their parent may have been unaccounted for or who may have been having wow. difficulty, yes. difficulty getting out of the city. Yes. Because this parent was worried about me. This parent was worried about the staff in the school saying, you have families to get home to two, and you have to go home and support them tonight and explain to them what's been going on today. Um, I think the one thing that I will ask the parents, which is something that I have in the vast majority of parents, is what we talked about in last week's show, and that was civility. We will disagree at times. It's inevitable. You might feel your child deserves to be in this program, and due to other criteria, we might say, no, we see them in that program. And we need to have an honest and open discussion where both sides are listening to the other side and saying, okay, now that we've heard both, is there some type of win-win situation we can all come up with? Right. Excellent. Excellent. You know, you had indicated you worked at IBM some years ago. It makes me think of my time at, at Xerox. And we would always do these team-building activities, kickoff meetings, whatnot. And, and, and education, what, what do you do to motivate your staff? Well, you know, time is so limited when you think about how the school year works. There's really not a lot of time to do as much as I would like to do. I think those types of activities that allow staff members to get to know each other differently are so critically important to being able to support each other. And every now and then, uh, I don't know if I want to say it on the air, but I will. The superintendent (laughs) probably doesn't know this. We have had what I call active faculty meetings where maybe one of the PE teachers is going to come and lead us all through some type of workout, some type of physical workout, some type of activity where we're all wearing sweats (laughs) and sneakers, and we just kind of get to know each other a little differently. I I didn't get a chance to do one of those this year as of yet because with the budget issues and other things, we really need all the time, and now we're moving toward testing, which is going to be very time-consuming. But I, I think it's really key to that. And that's something that I hope can be addressed in the future that allow us all to kind of get to know each other, not in just our roles in the organization, but as human beings and people who are committed to what we're all doing. You know, a few years ago, Mr. K over at the uh, South Mountain School, I guess he put together a game of parents versus teachers. I don't know. At, at the middle school, do you have a similar type of activity where they do a fun, a nice fundraiser and, and the parents uh, get to uh, uh, play against the, uh, the faculty? <laughs> we, we, we do. We've, we've pared back a little bit in some of the things that we've done just because so many of these things have an expense to them. And with the economy changing, we're very sympathetic toward parents and understanding that the pockets may not be as deep as they used to to be be for a variety of reasons. reasons. But we have canteens or after-school activities. 
One of my constant battles with my great sons and daughters at South Orange Middle School <laughs> is they constantly want me to do things that I just don't think are age appropriate for them. They want the late Friday night dances or they want other types of activities that I just think are more appropriate for high school level students and beyond. And one thing I think the parents and I have really been very supportive of each other is understanding that in today's world where there are so many dangerous things out there on the street, we don't want to do anything that puts our young people in any additional danger. So we try to have our activities right after school. Uh, we try to get our young people home while it's still daytime. More and more of our young people are walking home and not getting picked up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're a large community when you add South Orange and Maplewood together. Some of our young people may have to walk 30 or 40 minutes to get home. Right. So these are right. things that we always have to consider. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate the dress code as well. Well, <laughs> it is the most difficult challenge to do in middle school because sixth grade young people look one way, like elementary students. My eighth grade students look like they should be in high school. Right. And to find the perfect balance in dress code where a student in the sixth grade could wear something that I would never allow a student in the eighth grade to wear because of the development that occurs physically. Exactly. So those are some of the challenges. But we try. Yes. Absolutely. We try. <laughs> Without being too much of a dictator, we try. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what is your favorite book on leadership? You know, I'm not really sure I have a favorite book on leadership. I've read biographies of a lot of very famous people, and I kind of draw a lot of leadership from reading their biographies. As I shared, uh, General Patton, who my father knew personally, comes to mind. A lot of it are military leaders because I think their leadership is different than other leadership. Mm -hmm. In, in a military situation, their leadership can very well rest the survival of their nation, of their people. And I think, therefore, they have to really think carefully about the decisions they make and when they trust other people to make decisions. So, obviously, there are people like General Douglas MacArthur. Uh, I even go back to the Civil War. I'm a big Civil War buff. I must have read, I don't know, 40 or 50 books on Civil mm -hmm. War, uh, whether they're uh, Stonewall Jackson or John Buford, who probably most people never heard of. He is one of the people instrumental in turning the cavalry, the uh, federal. It's not the Union. A lot of people call the North the Union. It's not the, the Union. Union. They were the federal, federal, and the other side was the Confederates. Right. He helped turn the federal cavalry around to be a formidable force that helped bring the war to an end, even though he did not survive the war due to illness. And... Um, you know, I, I think back to other things, other people that I know about. Uh, right now, I'm currently watching a program on HBO called The Pacific. Yes. And John Bassalone, yes. who is from New Jersey, Manville, I believe, who's one of the great heroes of our military of all times. He, he, he went back into combat after getting the Medal of Honor, and he was killed in action at Iwo Jima. And... Um, I've often kind of regretted that our state has not recognized a hero like that more right. because, um, you know, it, it really speaks a lot for us when we have people that have given their lives and well, sacrificed everything for us all to be sitting here talking on the radio today. Absolutely. Uh, I'm watching that 
that uh, series as well, and it is very riveting. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was looking forward to it because I was a big fan of the uh, the previous one done, Band of Brothers. Band of I, Brothers, I, Tom I believe. Hanks, yes. That's uh-huh. right. So I was really looking forward to this because I never want to forget the history. I don't want to forget the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget the tragedies where we have so mistreated each other so that the likelihood of something like that can happen again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. Uh, my next question had to do with, let's talk about your heroes, but you just share with me some of your heroes in regards to uh, leadership. Well, you know, I, I don't want people to sound like I only have military heroes. Jaime Escalante, the incredible math teacher from out in California, who did such a t- tremendous job with young people who no one thought could yes. achieve, right. allowed them to be some of the top math students in the nation as they were passing the AP exams. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like that. But you know what? Heroes you meet every day. That's right. You know, I'm sitting across from a hero. Oh, thank Now, you. <laughs> I say that because you're a father. You're a committed person. You've made sacrifices. We need to kind of see each other in that light. Mm-hmm. If we're going to use the word hero as freely as we do use it, we need to really expand the way we look at it. And if we're not going to use it that freely, then we really need to only use it for reasons where it's absolutely essential, like above and beyond. Right. So, you know what? We can have heroes within each other, and that's good. Absolutely. And uh, is there a particular quote that relates to leadership or something that uh, guides you every day that uh, you'd like to share with our audience? Yes, Peter Drucker made a quote, uh, and his quote was, management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. And I think we need to get back to doing the right things more. Sometimes we just try to do things right, which would be the bare minimum. But sometimes we have to go way beyond that and do the right things and stand up for it. And I like to think that um, with what's going on in the news now, maybe a lot of our country's at the point where we're saying, politicians, show us that leadership. Show us the type of leadership where our children could sit down and watch a newscast and we not necessarily change the channel to ESPN because we're about to show them the type of behavior we do not want them to do. Show us the behavior we want them to follow. Absolutely. Well, Kirk, I have enjoyed our uh, 60 minutes of conversation. Uh, I really appreciate you coming into the studio to talk about leadership and to talk about the South Orange Middle School, and you're doing an awesome job. Well, I thank you very much. It's a very special place. It's my home. My family lives there. My family includes about 70 adult staff members and about 650 sons and daughters. And it's very important that we view them that way. Well, we are here with Kirk Smith, principal of South Orange Middle School in South Orange, New Jersey. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great week.